back to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she and her. On today, we have a guest who is going to talk to us about the documentary called Trust Me. I first learned about this documentary uh, because I love following the Namly account on Twitter. That's the National Association for Media Literacy Education. And the executive director, Michelle Chula Lipkin, says this about Trust Me, the documentary, quote, Trust Me opens up the vital conversation about the importance of understanding the media landscape which surrounds us. As someone who works day to day to create a media literate world, I am grateful for this film and its message about the importance of reflecting on the way media shapes the world we live in. It's an incredibly important film at an incredibly important time. You will want to see this, trust me. End quote. So um, as we dig in and discuss the documentary, I want to let you know right now at the top of the episode that yes, the film is available to purchase or rent to host screenings of. If you are in the U.S., you also have the opportunity to consider picking up a DVD of it. Um, it is also going to be streaming on PBS until December. But um, I also want to let you know that the folks from Trust Me are offering up to three lucky listeners a free link to help you stream it. So if at the end of this episode, if you are thinking, um, yeah, I would absolutely like to think more about hosting a screening with friends, family, or your school, and you want to win that free pass, um, I have three of them to give away. You can reach out to me to learn more about that opportunity by emailing a better ally at gmail.com. That email address is, again, a better ally at gmail.com to win one of the three free streaming passes. Also, those of you who are at a school that has a Canopy subscription, you'd also be able to access the documentary there. So let's dig in and discuss the documentary, Trust Me. Well, hello, I'm Rosemary Smith. I'm the managing director of the Getting Better Foundation. We're headquartered in Livingston, Montana, USA. So fortunately, I'm uh, reporting to you from our remote office after the Livingston uh, and Yellowstone flooding. But I'm also the impact producer of our documentary movie, Trust Me, which I'm sure Trish and I will be talking a little bit about today. I am so excited. Um, again, fresh off of viewing this for the first time, I could restart it all over again. So listeners, if you have not yet heard, Trust Me is a feature-length documentary that explores manipulation and misinformation at the intersection of human nature and information technology. The documentary has already received uh, quite a bit of praise from, from experts in the field. Um, the president, founder, and CEO of Common Sense Media, James Steyer, has said, quote, Trust Me addresses how media technology is changing society and how we can protect future generations and ourselves, end quote. Um, Rosemary, can you tell us a little bit about the origin story of, of this documentary? Um, if you think back to what I, I hope is really a fond memory of, of how it all got started. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, for background, uh, the Getting Better Foundation's mission is to build trust through the truth about humans' positive progress, right? There's always something negative that we can talk about. Um, but we really believe that over the long term, humans 
you know, things get better if we work on them. Media literacy is our weapon of choice in this mission. So we support media literacy education and we produced Trust Me documentary to help bring awareness of people's need for media literacy to help build trust, resilience, lessen this polarization that we're witnessing and also the preservation of democracy depends on our being able to consume media properly, especially since the advent of these cellular phones, right? Because they're always with us. Yeah, and I, I kind of think, um, you know, in the world of education, we are all teachers of media literacy, regardless of the grade level or the subject that we teach. You know, if you're a, a math teacher, just even thinking about if we, you know, tell me about a famous mathematician, who can you name and whose story gets prioritized or the way in which math as a subject is presented in the media. So um, again, I think this is a documentary that is gonna be interesting for anybody who is even adjacent to the world of education or is yes. raising a young person, as, as you say. Um, the film is available to rent or purchase or you can host a screening. You now have DVDs available as well. Um, and I know that a number of community screenings have already happened uh, and are happening. Yes. For, for you, if the audience um, is left with just one question, I know they will be left with many questions to keep discussing and thinking about, um, what might be one question that you really hope audience members are discussing um, once they complete a viewing of Trust Me? Oof. Well, um, for adolescents, they're the first gen to have access to the worldwide internet via smartphones, right? Uh, when we first began this project, it was difficult, truly, to find people working in this atmosphere, physicians, psychologists, neurologists, they wouldn't they, they were fearful of committing to the connection between the addictive nature, and the manipulative nature of this abundance of media that we now have at our fingertips to the rise in anxiety, depression, and suicidology, especially in our young people. As parents, we wouldn't give access to our sons and daughters to the family car without teaching them how to drive, right? Media Lit empowers parents, students, and our children how to use their mobile devices without harming themselves or others. They, it creates empathy. Um, we wouldn't hurt somebody that we would speak to face-to-face, -to -face, typically, right? <laughs> Unless we're a, a sociopath. Um, and these are such valuable tools when they're used properly. I use mine to stay in touch with work, with my family, with my kids, to check the weather and it's my alarm clock. I had to learn the same device that provides such advances in my life and makes my life easier also risked my mental, physical, and financial health. For teachers struggling to incorporate media literacy into classrooms, they see the damage firsthand and often be before us as parents. They want a quick and easy tool to bring awareness of the reality of the risks of what we call media ill literacy. And so the film does that in a mechanism students use every day. And then we worked with News Literacy Project 
to write curriculum so teachers can incorporate their own resources, student-led impact campaigns, and other reading materials to help drive the message home. So I know, long, long way around your question. So the one question I would leave audiences with would be, how can I share what I've learned about media literacy through Trust Me with the people I care most about? And I, you know, I, I really appreciate that because, you know, of course, our our technology is incredibly powerful, right? There is so much good that is being done with technology. And I think it's it's really getting us to think a little bit more about what we want our relationship to be with it, what we want our relationship to be with social media. Um, you know, I love that Tristan Harris is a part of this. Tristan is always sharing some really great, um, you know, tips that we can just maybe adjust or recalibrate. Um, right. You know, I think it was years ago, Tristan was talking about even just grayscale your phone, right? Take out the the bright colors uh, and they drew the parallel between like, that's what casinos do too, right? You know, it's this, it's this brightness, the infinity scroll is the, ooh, when is the reward going to come up? And so the different ways that we can just sort of pause, question, um, maybe adjust that dynamic because you know, it's interesting, you've, you've talked about teens, but this is something that I'm seeing as an intergenerational issue. Um, I, was, uh, I was out for a walk with my dog just the other day, and it's that time of year where there's soccer camps happening. Um, and there was this soccer camp happening for, it was probably kids, you know, like ages five to seven, like really adorable. My, my dog was really excited to see it. And there's the sideline and, you know, there's the row of parents watching. Oh. And every single one of them was scrolling on their phones. And so like, hey, I don't, I'm not judging anybody. I'm sure that these are also parents and caretakers having a busy day, holding down their jobs. But sometimes I find, you know, we're, we're talking about this as a relationship issue for teens, but this is something that I'm seeing, um, you know, all of us need to be thinking about what do we want our relationship to be like with our technology. Got it. And it's interesting that you bring that up because our research has found that it's my generation, the 55-year-olds and up, who share the most amount of mis- and disinformation. It's senior citizens who are at most risk of financial risk due to mis- and disinformation that they're reading on the internet. So it's not just adolescents. It's my generation that's not going to back, back to school to learn media literacy. So that's another reason why we thought the film would be so powerful because it it spans generations. Um, you know, I, I could show it to to seniors at the AARP and the National Association for, for Aging. I can show it at conferences. Right now, we just came back from Romania where we uh, screened with college students and um, academics from all over the country of Romania and embassy personnel. Um, so it's it's not just geared toward younger generations. Um, it, it has been, you mentioned Jim Steyer with Common Sense Media earlier. It has been, it's not a motion picture association rated film uh, like you would see in the movie theaters um, because they don't typically rate documentaries, but it's been rated 13, age 13 and up by Common Sense and by News Literacy Project and the Knight Foundation. So um, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, there's that sweet spot for the younger generations 
Um, earlier than that, it doesn't mean they shouldn't be learning media literacy. As a matter of fact, if you watch through to the credits, um, our executive producer, Joe Phelps, is an ex-rock and roll drummer, and he loves music, um, produced the original songs uh, in the credits. And one of them we had set to uh, eight-year-olds learning hand gestures about media literacy and learning lyrics, and their parents film them with the same tools mm. talking about during the pandemic in their home. And then our producer put them together. So there's this cute music video with kids at the end of the film, which, um, you know, even kindergartners, we've sent the lyrics and the music to so they could learn media literacy in, in, at five years old. Yeah, because and it's access to it. I, I really I appreciate that because there's a it's a great TED talk. I can't remember who it's from, uh, but the the premise of it looks at how you know kindergarten students, kindergarten age students can recognize something like fifty plus logos, you know. So just you know, in terms of you know our the way in which we don't really have a choice to engage with media, it surrounds us. So having more thoughtful conversations about it um, is just, uh, you know, I, I find it's almost something that we we really need to be thinking about flexing every single day. You know, I was just having a yeah. conversation with my, my parents yesterday about thinking critically about headlines and the ways in which they frame things, right? Um, and it's, it's something that we can practice and rehearse and flex every day. Um, and I think, in order sure. to get better at it, um, we, we sort of have to. So um, Rosemary, there are many real world examples that are in the Trust Me documentary. Some of them are, are heartbreaking. Some of them you know, are anxiety inducing, but yet the film doesn't want the audience to leave feeling like there is no hope or we are powerless. Um, and in fact, the organization, the Getting Better Foundation outlines strategies um, you know, that are all about keeping hope alive. Uh, and we need to do that. So um, for you personally, in the work that you're doing, I'm wondering um, how you're able to sustain your work and, and how it is that you're able to remain strong and to keep going because, um, you know, things are tough right now. Yes. We've seen transformations just after watching the movie of students, uh, parents and educators where the light bulb goes off and they realize how they might've been manipulated. And nobody likes that feeling, right? Nobody, when, when you say, oh, they're manipulating you, you, that makes you stop and think, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I'm just shopping. Well, why are you spending money with it? You know, you have 45 pairs of Lululemon pants. Why do you need another pair? Because it attracted your attention. Um, so nobody likes that feeling when, when they've been manipulated into doing something they really wouldn't have done normally. Um, when they can empathize with the real stories from the film and understand how we can either bring someone down through what we say and what we post or how we can help make the world better. You know, when you can empathize with another parent because you thought about not vaccinating your children when they were younger. And you see that parent struggle with loss of a child or the potential loss. One of my favorite testimonials is um, from a screening that we hosted in Greece. It's a bunch of journalism students from all over Europe. They've had a lot of media literacy education. 
And a Croatian student of journalism came up to me after the screening. Her name is Janja Senjek. Lovely. She watched Trust Me and said she never realized who falls for this fake news. And if they did, what's the big deal, right? Are they some dummy that, you know, <laughs> couldn't you see that that wasn't Obama? Couldn't that saying, you know, that you vanity and couldn't you tell? Well, um, now after watching the film, she and her fellow journalism students realized how they can come together, collaborate and fix the real problems our world faces. And as journalists, they can make a real difference in the world. So every day we receive accountings of these aha moments that are being used for good. So I'm hoping that um, you know, the more and more we show the film, the more we see those transformations. Once you've been exposed to media literacy and you get it, uh, there's no turning back from that. You might forget some of the stories, you might forget some of the lessons, but you can't forget when you now go back to using your mobile devices or surfing the web that, oh, that, that might be trying to get me to do something I don't want to do. Yeah, I mean, and it's just thinking about how if you are not a passive consumer of media, but you are, you know, again, just like problematizing the way that the algorithm works. You know, I, I find myself more often, you know, in order to sort of avoid doom scrolling, you know, just that endless something tragic has happened and I, you know, get absorbed yeah. into the feed, um, remembering that it's to the algorithm's advantage, it's to social media's advantage to spark outrage, to provoke fear um, that, you know, they know that that's what sort of keeps us going there and um, to walk away from it, to put it down. Um, and, and again, your documentary is a reminder that when we invest in the education, we are empowered. Um, you know, I, yeah. Uh, another organization that I, I really love on the media kind of has these great little printouts of what can you do to, sp to spot fake news um, and even just the awareness of what is the emotion that they're trying to evoke if it's, you know, they're really pushing that button hard, just step back, question why are they doing that? So you're right. I think as we add tools to the, the toolkit, um, you know, we, we, get stronger in this, we become more well-versed in it. Um, and again, just, I, I think, keep questioning, what do I want my relationship to be with the media? Oh, we, we have to keep thinking about this. It's really important because, um, you know, stories also have real power. I think about the ways in which stories that are producing kind of a counter narrative raise awareness. So it's not to vilify the media, it's really right. to recognize the power that it has. Oh, and, and certainly not all media is bad or out to get us. And that's their job, right? We want to know about what's going on. We, it's their job. I think Jeffrey Gettleman from the New York Times, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist from the New York Times says it really well in the film. You know, our job is not to report about the thousands and thousands of planes who take off and land every day perfectly and safely and get people to destinations that we might not have been able to see or visit with had it not been for air travel. It's their job to report about that one that crashes and a hundred people die. 
It's their job to bring awareness of those things, not just, oh, so we know about it. It's because when they bring awareness to the wrongs, we can figure out, we're smart people. We can figure out how to make that right so it doesn't happen again. That's their job. And they do it really, really credible journalists do it really well. Um, but but again, it's it's having the time, it's making the conversation a part of, um, you know, not just, I, I think it's great that there are like media literacy weeks, but I yeah. also sometimes worry like, hey, don't just put it into this one pocket. Um, we need to be having the conversation as an ongoing, ongoing dialogue. So, um, you know, for schools- From your lips, Tricia. <laughs> <laughs> For schools who are thinking, um, okay, great, we've got this documentary, um, let's bring it to the broader community. What opportunities might there be for schools who want to connect with the folks behind the film um, to do some sort of oh. extra learning? Well, we're a small team, but we love, we love educators, we love teachers and library librarians are the original media literacy gurus, mm -hmm. right? They've been telling us about this for, ever since librarians have been around. Um, I had the opportunity and one of our screenings to visit Athens and the original library. Uh, just uh, great. We love librarians. Anyway, our uh, Getting Better Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit. And again, we're a small team. It's really just our CEO, Joe Phelps and myself. While we had a wonderful production team, um, the film was directed by Oscar-nominated Rocco Bellich of Wadi Rum Films. Um, Carrie Davis uh, from Hollywood was our producer, and Michael Falavolita from Jurassic Park was our editor. So our team, just our, our Ryan Taubert is a, a Michael, um, uh, oh goodness, Michael, I'm so sorry, uh, Martin from Nashville were our, our, our musical um, advisors. So our team was incredible. But um, we spent our endowment on the production of this film. So it's a world-class million-dollar production. Um, so as such, donations and film licensing pro, pro, uh, proceeds do go to funding 100% of our work. Um, so that being said, uh, you can license the film. Go to TrustMeDocumentary.com. You can stream it personally if you just want to watch it at home. We do have a limited supply of DVDs, which I'd have to mail out to you. Um, but we would, screening fees, communities, we can do that. We won't let the money be an obstacle to people seeing the film. So um, whatever we can do to have the most amount of people, have the most amount of impact, we will do. So normally we will charge a, a screening fee just for our time um, and to try to support the mission. But um, for details, just, just check out that trustmedocumentary.com. You can see stories from the film there. You can see all the experts. My goodness, we have Steven Pinker from Harvard. We have Paul Zach from Claremont University, Matt Ridley from UK House of Lords, Martha Groves, um, Gina Ross from the International Trauma Institute. She's working to heal the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. You'll love this. You'll love this film. 
I mean, it's kind of surprising for me to hear that it's a small team behind the nonprofit because, <laughs> yeah, the you know it, that's not the impression that um, that I get when I was learning more about the documentary. Um, and I, I know that there will be schools who are perhaps interested in contacting you. You know, again, part of media literacy is students using these tools that we have to create. Um, you know, I, I kind of think that's we we can't ignore that part of media literacy that it's also our our creative side. So, you know, I'm wondering for schools who want to reach out to you and just sort of talk about, hey, how did you, how did you create this documentary? What, what did it mean to bring those experts on board? And, you know, the timeline, I'm wondering um, if there's even the potential for them to sort of um, connect with you on, on those topics as well. Oh, for sure. We love, that's what one of my favorite parts of the job is um, after a screening meeting with those students and having a Q&A or filmmaker meet and greet. Um, in rare instances, we can engage some of the experts from the film to um, either virtually or if, it, if it's um, possible to do to, or if travel and accommodations are afforded, then uh, we certainly would make ourselves uh, available in person. Next week, I traveled to Washington, D.C. for the American Library Association Conference, and then the following week to Madison, Wisconsin for the International Council for Media Literacy. So we, that's, we love to do that. We love that. Well, fantastic. We wish you uh, safe travels. Um, and, and again, just um, it'll be great to watch continued conversations around Trust Me, uh, Trust Me the documentary, um, uh, you know, and, and to see how else the foundation gets or continues to be involved in, in really promoting media literacy. Um, you know, again, it's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and it's something that uh, I, I feel like we, we have a, like a moral obligation honestly, to be even just doing the learning for ourselves and to be doing that critical reflection and, and thinking about our own media diets um, and and the reality that, uh, you know, I, I think they do have a, a physical connection to our health, just like our actual diets do, right? Our physical, our mental well-being, yes, for sure. Like, Trisha, this has been a pleasure. I'm so honored that you asked us to be on your show. Oh, thank you. It was lovely to meet you um, and have a great rest of your summer. You too. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode, for learning more about Trust Me, the documentary. Head over to the show notes and remember, if you want to win one of the free passes to screen it for yourself, you can send me an email at a better ally. A-B-E-T-T-E-R-A-L-L-Y at gmail.com. And since we were chatting about diversifying our media diet, I do want to remind you about the new-ish podcast, Rainbow Parenting. So in closing, I leave you with a trailer to that amazing podcast, which now has a few episodes for you to explore and enjoy this summer. Hi friends, welcome to Rainbow Parenting, a brand new queer and gender affirming parenting podcast. But this show isn't just for parents. It's also for educators, caregivers, librarians, really anyone who knows, loves, and works with kids. I'm your host, Linz Amer. I'm the creator of Queer Kids Stuff, and I make queer and trans media for kids and families all over the internet. Most of the stuff I make is for kids, but this time I'm talking to you, the grown-ups. 
Queer Kid Stuff is the kind of show I wish I had when I was a confused little queer and trans kid who didn't have the language to express who I am. But this show is all about what I wish my parents and teachers and caregivers knew when they were raising me so they could have helped me along the way. Rainbow Parenting gives you the tools and strategies and know-how you need to raise kids in a queer and gender-affirming way, even if you don't know how. Me and a whole bunch of my friends and experts in the field are going to help you navigate LGBTQ and social justice topics with the kids in your lives. We're on a mission to spread queer joy and raise a new generation of supported and affirmed queer, trans, and non-binary kids and their allies. Our first episode drops on May 30th, and we'll upload new episodes every Monday through early August. That's all we've got for now. Talk soon!